You're listening to Off the X with your host Tyler Wells, Forrest Carmahal, and Barrett Moon. Brought to you by Trinity Gunworks, Muddy Foot Outdoors, and Maker's Call Company. Be heard. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Off the X Podcast. I'm Forrest Carvajal, and I'm here with Tyler Wells and our special special guest, returning guest, our first one, David St. John. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing good, other than my allergies. I don't know what's going on this week. Allergies just, like, flared up. I've gone through two handkerchiefs today. It's been awful. So if you hear sneezing and everything, that's me. That's fine. Uh, Barrett's not here tonight. His life is just busy, busy, busy. Uh, I think Caleb's family has the flu, so <laughs> wish them the best. Hope they get better soon. Uh, anyhow, let's let's get into this a little bit because we've talked about our season, uh, hunting a lot of public ground, a little bit of private ground. It was better this year than last year for us. It wasn't, you know, no barn burners or anything like that. But how about you over there at Straight Lake? Pretty good season. I mean, it's uh, – he, he Max probably had at Straight Lake – we probably had half a million sitting there <laughs> from about the week of Halloween until January 3rd or 4th. Not quite half a million every day. Yeah. But, I mean – them ducks showed up early, early, early over there. Uh, it was pretty impressive. Yeah did did y'all see a decrease when all the private or all the public ground flooded out? Good. Did y'all yeah, see a decrease? I mean, uh, you know, we talked about that last time too. Uh, with the river staying in its banks, it helps out places like Straight Lake, right? Coca Cola, wherever. You yeah. know, uh, them ducks they don't have too many other places to go. But you know, when the water did come up on the white and the cash and whatnot, you know. We lost some ducks, and and it's to be expected. Right? Did did they come back? They do come back when that river goes back in the banks. But they'll stay, as long as the river stays out, they'll remotely stay away. It's like just for an example, you go from half a million to we'll just say quarter of a million. Yeah, and you'll stay around that number, and then slowly grow back as the water goes down. Or yeah, and and, and I mean, you know, because they keep in water on them fields constantly right. from you know, the last week, October, all the way through. Okay. So, uh, them ducks do come back and feed. Uh, you know, a lot of times they'll show back up more in the evening time because they've got a place to come feed, and then they'll head back out to the bottoms. Do y'all do much evening hunting over there, or no. is it all morning? Zero. Zero afternoon hunts. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if y'all had some guys that just like, we're going to sleep late <laughs> on the evening hunt. <laughs> I, do, uh, they, I think this year uh, they did sneak out. Uh, I went to work and come back, and they had snuck out and killed some snow geese. <laughs> Okay. So okay, um, and I think they killed seventy two. So it was kind of <laughs> just a yeah, few of them. Yeah, right? it was. It was. It was. <laughs> well, I'm pulling. I'm pulling in the parking lot, and they're throwing them out of a Argo out on the ground, counting them. Oh <laughs> then they're stacking them in the back of a truck. <laughs> yeah. Dang. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Mm-hmm. What about uh, the memberships? Y'all had memberships this year, right? Yes, Max. Max did sell memberships this year. How did that go? Was that I think a it went. I think it went fairly well. I mean, there was quite a you know quite a few people interested in that. Uh, I'm not quite sure how many memberships he sold. Yeah. It's, it's it's a twenty mark, twenty three, something like that. Okay, okay. Do you guide those, or are those kind of self guided for the members, or how does that work? No, I'll I'll guide them. Uh, we we did have some day hunters still this year, especially on the first part of the season. You know, uh, I think the first week I was up there. Uh, the first guys that come in from Alabama, Georgia area, um, I took them to a new blind that Max has had built over on the lake. It's called the lake bed. Okay. Uh, it's like a bio, uh, yeah. a lot of cypress knees and stuff like that. And, and you can put six, seven people up in that tall blind and I stand down below it. I think we, my group that morning killed 25 or 30 or something like that. So it was pretty, it was pretty good hunt. Anytime I think of cypress, I think of gadwalls. Do y'all do a lot of gadwall shooting in a place like that, or is it still mallards? Uh, it's still mallards. I mean, yeah. we'll have some gadwalls, some teal, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I mean, even even some smiling mallards that come flying by every now and then. You know? <laughs> there you go. Do y'all shoot those? <laughs> do we or they? <laughs> oh, okay. I was curious. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, when you have day hunters like that, yeah. you know, you, you want them to shoot. Right. You know, they brought them shells to shoot and paint right. for this day to shoot. So, you know, we do shoot them. I don't blame you. I, I mean, I, I love shooting them. I think they're really cool birds. Ed, Ed Wall likes to call them uh, um, 
Rams. That's yeah. that's yeah. Wall's favorite deal. He said that we killed some Rams in the woods today. Some Rams. I, I love his photography. It's <laughs> his photography really is good. phenomenal. It is. Re- How much do you get to hunt with him? This year, I got to hunt with Ed once or twice. Once or twice. Yeah, and I've got some interesting footage you know of one of the hunts you know that i actually started filming with my phone while he was filming behind me oh i I don't know he probably you probably saw some of his footage of that hunt where the slow-mo where the ducks are coming down and about to land on the water i'm sure i did i Uh, didn't i may or may not have known it was straight lake i was actually filming at that time too uh we we were letting them come in i mean they they were they starting to come in and we hadn't shot a full limit we had some members with us hunting and it was actually uh, David Morris, the ex-mayor of Searcy, Max, me, Ed Wall, Jay, Jay Hodge, uh, and then Ronnie and George. Okay. And as we're sitting there hunting, we this is the second spot we moved to because the first 15 minutes in one little hole, we, I mean, we wouldn't get very much action. So we went over to another hole called the Willow Hole. So you even had to you even have to move on oh, private ground. On private ground, yeah, we, we had to move because Max looked at me and like fifteen minutes in, he goes, "What do you think? Think we ought to move?" And I said, "Yeah, we need to move." <laughs> and we did. It was a good call, but <laughs> I started videoing like five or ten minutes, five well five or six minutes after the duck started coming in. Max yeah. wasn't calling a shot. You know, sometimes you just see beauty, and and that's mm-hmm. kind of, and you don't want to run them all off at that time either, right? You know? Because it's fairly early in the season, like second week or whatever, second split, first week. And uh, Ed's behind me, probably about four trees behind me, filming. Yeah. And so I just pull my phone out, and I start filming all these ducks coming in. I mean, they are just falling in, too. And it's and and as they started to leave out, I overheard Ed say, I peed a little. <laughs> I told Max that story, and he, he said, you got to send me that video, because what I did is I panned my phone around. Yeah. And I said, Ed, what did you say? He said, dude, I peed a little. And he's just filming, too, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. He, does he ever pull a gun out, or is it always camera? That's always camera. Over it's always there. camera. Yeah, it's always camera over there. You know, he gets to, he he gets to hunt a lot in a lot of good places, but uh, that that right there, <laughs> that was pretty funny. I actually shared it at, on my DSJ Outdoors page. That little video I had. Little then video I probably about. did see it. You you saw that. Yeah. But the one I'm talking about, Ed slowed everything down in slow mo. Oh, okay. And uh, it was it's phenomenal. Yeah. How they were just the back paddling and feet coming down and and they're like five six foot above the water and he filmed some slow-mo coming all the way down as they touch the water yeah and there's more coming right in behind them oh my goodness so you said that you know y'all didn't want to shoot all those because it was early in the day early in the season you don't want to run them off yeah. what, do you, what do you do with them then do you let them all come in and then shoo them away or let them swim off or how's that work no they they actually you know someone will move yeah you know typically and they'll get up and fly out and and the and the thing about it is because i'll tell you this sharing that video that i took a guy messaged me through messenger and he said you are a blessed man (laughs) well okay so made me think yeah i started thinking at that point private ground's not the only place i've got to see that yeah. I've got to see that on public ground, you know, when I'm when 80 are dropping in on public ground and you're just sitting there going, oh, my, you know. Yeah. So it made me start thinking about being blessed. Dude, he's right. Yeah. The things I've seen like that, especially at Straight Lake or maybe Green Tree yeah. or public ground, you, I've seen things that a lot of people will never get to see with stuff like that. And some of that is skill, but a lot of that is just time out there. Right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, you can't see it if you're not out there. Oh, that's and right. The more time you're out there, the better your chances are of seeing it, right? Yep, that's right. You know, uh-huh. I've, I've been so fortunate to uh, have the job that I have, uh-huh. you know, and, and being able to be at the places that I've gotten to go to, especially after winning the world and stuff like that. It's It's been a blessing. Yeah. So when that guy sent me that, man, it made me start thinking going, I told Max too, I, I told him about this, you know, the guy sent him a message and, and I said, we're blessed. He said, let me tell you. He said, that guy's right. He said, we are seeing more things now that, you know, the anti-hunting people, if they would ever just oh. do what we just did, just yeah. just sit there and call them in, and then when they start coming, let them come and see the beauty mm-hmm. of duck hunting. Yeah. Or it's just like walk, you know, watching the big deer walk out straight up in yeah. front of you, you know. <laughs> and But you and Max – 
well, y'all have years and years of experience. And you're, you, I mean, I'm sure you've realized in the past you're blessed. But I think a lot of people get caught up early on in hunting. Like, well, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. You know, I need to do this. I need to do that. And they can venture into unethical movements just to see these amazing things that somebody right. like you that's given years of your life try, chasing birds. Right. And now you get to see it and realize what it what it is. I think that's a patience and a maturity thing. I've hunted for what is it? It's 22 years now. I've never seen more than a dozen break the trees in flooded timber. I'm not beat up about it. I'm not messed up about it. I know I'm going to see it. I know it's eventually going to sure. happen, but I'm not going to do anything illegal. I- illegal. Well, not illegal, but <laughs> yeah. like what I mean is say I find a bunch of birds on, let's say biometer. Mm-hmm. I find them in a hole. I know where they're at. I'm not about to, you know, bump somebody out of there if they beat me to it or right. i'm not about to just you know be right next to them if they beat me to the hole right just so i can see that side because i know it's going to come around again mm-hmm. you know that's that's all i'm getting at is the time it takes right to get to that yeah. blessed moment blessed mo- yeah it, it, you know hunting public ground um and I told the story about them 80 or whatever falling into that public ground hole. Uh, and, you know, I told y'all about the guy that's never hunted timber before. Oh, yeah. That typically hunted wing meat and, and hunted fields and pits and stuff like that. And he said, that's the prettiest thing and the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Because, you know, he was the one that never shot. Yeah. And, and he's a big duck hunter. And, and he went to kill a duck in the timber. And the guy never pulled the gun off the tree. So it's... It's an amazing thing to see, especially, especially on public ground. Yeah, and I, I want to see it, but I'm not gonna lie. I might close my eyes, honestly, <laughs> because well, the reason why is because I want to hear it. I think there's a different sound in the woods of those wings coming down. They're ha- they're having to, you know, fly down through there. They're not just coasting in like on a field, you right. know, where they coast and they only have to flap their wings right there at the end. Yeah. They're dodging each other. They're dodging trees. There's a lot of sound, I feel like, in the woods as those ducks are breaking through the trees. Right. And I, I want to hear that. I want to hear that noise and that sound. That's what I'm after is right. hearing it so much, a little bit more than seeing it. Right. There's a there's a guy that hunted with me this year. He come in with the Louisiana group, and he hunts a lot up north Arkansas on the public grounds. Right. And, you know, he's, he's seen some amazing stuff up there because I know one of the guys he's hunted with. And he was telling me, I've hunted with this guy. And, you know, I, he said, he's a friend of yours. I said, yeah, Brent's a good friend of mine. You know, I talked to him quite a bit. And uh, he said, I hunt with him. And I said, well, then you've seen some pretty good stuff. And he goes, <laughs> yeah. So this is day two. And I'm going over and taking the Argo. And we're going to drop down off the the road and drop right into some woods and it's just a i mean in the the where i drop off just a road that goes into the woods and it's 30 yards from a field that would be behind us the way the wind was blowing he looks at me and he's been on he's he's a fairly experienced hunter and he said where's your landing strip (laughs) and i said you see that little hole right there he looked up, and I mean, it ain't no bigger than two or three ducks to get in. And I yeah. said, if I get the opportunity, I'm going to try to make them fall straight down right there. I said, or they can go down the road toward the big field out here and try to come back and drop in coming into the woods like we just drove in. Right. Just the way the wind was blowing. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Because it happened just like I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. It was, uh, but, you know, I hit them and I stayed on them pretty yeah. hard. And, man, they got right over that little old hole. And about six or seven or eight of them fluttered straight down. Didn't coast <laughs> down nothing. They stopped right above the tree line or yeah. tree tops. And he, the first one coming down was a drake and he fluttered straight down because I told him that's what I wanted them to do. Yeah. He said, I ain't never seen that. And we got through shooting. I think we killed. There's probably about 10 of them come in. I think they, these people got excited and started shooting. I mean, we knocked down six, you know. <laughs> Did you that give, guy, a, give guy, a little wink? Hey, that guy walked over to me and he said, 
Oh my gosh. I've never <laughs> seen one do that. And another guy that wasn't experienced hunter, he said, Did you see that duck? It fluttered straight down, man. That was unbelievable. You so, said, I told him to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's funny how, you know, you get to see stuff like that. Yeah. And this guy's been hunting on some great hunts. I know he has because yeah. I know where he's been hunting and who he's hunting with. And he said, Dude, I ain't never seen that. He said, That's unbelievable. Yeah. I it, s- he said, I didn't think you was going to be able to get them in that hole. And I said, I just said I was going to try. I didn't say I was going to. I said, that would be nice if they did that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so did y'all have, was was the beginning of season better or the end of season better for y'all? Beginning. Beginning. Beginning all the way probably to about January 3rd, January 4th. Yeah. And after that, it got pretty rough. Got rough. What, what yeah. made it get rough? Any thoughts, anyhow? You know, you go from a freeze to no freeze to the bottoms being up to, you know, that, yeah. I mean, there's so many yeah. things that, that, that were happening at that time. Um, you know, we wasn't pressuring them. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> at one point, I mean, it's just like they just left. Yeah. I mean, they disappeared. You know, when you go out on your rest area and you look in the afternoon with binoculars and see four ducks sitting on your rest area, it's, <laughs> it gets tough. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> But that's that's so interesting to me, though, because, you know, we're off the X. We're really targeted towards the public hunters and the weekend warriors. That's that's our, our target guys, and that's who we are. Yeah. And I feel like that's where season got good for us. Right. So it's, it just kind of confirms all the thoughts that, you know, most people have about the private clubs versus public hunting is if it's the water's down, y'all are going to smoke them. Yep. If y'all do your job and – keep your hunting pressure down you keep water with them y'all are going to kill them good but once stuff freezes over Mm -hmm. that y'all really can't control unless you have a bunch of ice eaters or the rivers get out that's when it becomes our game right and i I love hearing it from somebody like you who does hunt the private stuff but you've also hunted the public stuff so you know exactly what's going to happen and probably why so you can speak so educated about it you know, we I hunted public ground. I went to my place four times this year. Yeah. I want to say we killed five ducks. Really? In my four trips. Mm. Now, a couple times we didn't go hunt because it was pouring down rain. <laughs> we went one morning, and I think a bolt of lightning hit about 50 yards from us, and I looked and went, I'm out. I, and, yeah, I've been out too. You know, I could see the storm coming. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I'm out. I mean, we wasn't out there 25 minutes. We didn't got set up. and I, that's fast as I picked decoys up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we only had about eighteen out. I was like, I'm I'm out of here. I've I've been there before, and I've thought, you know what, them decoys, I'll buy some more. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. want to be out here in this. Yeah. I've been fishing in it too, and been yeah. like, nope, nope, uh, uh-uh. uh. So there was, you know, there was out of them four trips I did at my place. I mean, like I said, I think we had three three or four days that that we had rain that we just <laughs> we stayed in and made breakfast. Yeah. Um, but the other times it was pretty tough hunting. I mean, you know, it's jam packed. Yeah. Duck hunting has gotten very populated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how the numbers are down, you know, like what they're saying. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't know either. I don't know if it's that or if it's just people are better at finding the good places because of social media and because of, uh, the internet i'm not going right. to say it's on x's fault because we've had google maps and all these other things that are basically the same thing all on x does it just shows you property lines mm-hmm. compared to that so That's i mean right. it's really not on x's fault but i think because of all that social right. media and the internet being able to find oh this is probably where a good spot is i think that's made it a lot more congregated too well, I, th- I told uh told one of the guys this year i said i don't think i'm taking anybody else hunting over here unless they leave their phones on the bar yeah that's right that's right i said i really don't want to i said these phones have uh have have, you know i mean it used to be like a gps you know if you saw somebody pull a gps out you're like "Uh oh no put that up and now we got a phone that does everything that's right um yeah i told him that he kind of looked at me like really and i want i said every time you take someone i would tell them put their phones on the bar yeah yeah i mean i've i've i have taking people before when i was younger and like you turn around in the boat don't look where we're going yeah even though wherever we were going was easy to find spot and they probably could have found it anyhow (laughs) even even being turned around but yeah i've I've done stuff like that before too right um what about did you did you stay in the woods 
over there at Straight Lake, or did you have to hunt fields or anything? You know, I hunted uh, hunted the fields a few times. Uh, we went to a field, what they call east of the dump, and <laughs> um, it's just a, the old road that goes around back up toward McCrory. And, uh, I drove out there the day the afternoon before, and uh, Jay said, "This this is where we're talking about." And I said, "Okay." It was loaded up with ducks. Yeah. You know, and this was probably mid-season okay. when I did this. Uh, these guys that I took were great. They were awesome. Yeah. I mean, very awesome. Uh, they were hunters. I mean, that's got to be a plus. It, it's a big plus. So, I'd never hunted over here. And we get over there, and I get everybody in the pit, and, you know, and it's just got the flaps in the front. And I'm telling you, them ducks did not want anywhere close to that pit. <laughs> I'm talking about nowhere close to that. They knew pit. what it was. They knew exactly at that point what that was. Yeah. And that's the first time that pit's been hunted all year, if that tells you something. I mean. You know, they they would get between us and the highway. Yeah. At 60 yards out. And I would look up and say, be still, guys, here they come. And they'd be coasting right down there toward me from the north to the south. I'm sitting on the north end of the of the blind I see here they come, and all of a sudden, about 50 yards out, they swing right out in the middle of the field and land. <laughs> Seriously? Then these guys were like, man, look behind us. Look at the, look behind us in them beans. And same thing. Same they, thing. They were flying behind us. They were flying out in front of us. That's crazy that and they knew where you they were. They knew exactly where we but were. But you haven't hunted it. it. It hadn't been hunted all year up to that point. That's incredible. That's you know, incredible. We, you know, we could take some – and one one guy decided he was, he said he got sick of that and one was flying about what eighty ninety yards above us and he just jumped up and started whaling. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that I'm not saying nothing because he needs to shoot. But yeah, <laughs> if he knocks it down, that's a long walk for me. But yeah. that's all. Do right. you have a dog? I do not. You do not. So you, what happens there? Do you take somebody with a dog or do you go fetch them? Uh, there's times I go with people that have dogs. Okay, but okay. most of the time, if it's just me, yeah. Uh, Max has let me use Mayday before. Uh, I haven't used Ada before, <clears throat> but I used Mayday a couple of years ago. Uh, but I'll go walk out there and get them. Okay. You know, typically, I mean, I'm getting older, but still, I, well, I, I try to stay in shape a little bit. You, you had some That'll new waiters this year. Yes, I had, did. How did those work for the walking out there to pick them up? I'm going to tell you, them waiters, when I put them on for the first time, they were so light and – the boot was so comfortable. I mean, I walked out of my shop. My wife had just pulled in the driveway. She <laughs> saved me walk out of the shop, and then waiter, she goes, and it's, what was that, October? Yeah. Yeah. I got him in October, and uh, she goes, what are you doing? I mean, it's like 75, 80 degrees outside. And I said, it's the most comfortable boot I've ever put on my foot. And, you know, typically through duck season, my back will start to hurt from standing beside trees or yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for a long period of time. This year, my back never hurt. Nice. So, I give credit to, to the boot, the yeah. shin boots. Yeah. You that, you, they are the shin waders. Yes, we, we didn't say that. Yeah, but. we didn't. But they're the shin waders. Uh, you know, uh, man, them boots, they, they they helped my back out this year. Yeah. My back never hurt not one time this year. I I remember when the shin stuff was coming out. I did not agree with how they marketed it. Yeah. Honestly, it pissed me off the way they did it. <laughs> it really turned me off to, to the shin. Uh, and then when they came out and they showed you what what the boots were and they showed you what the waders were, I thought they looked all right. I mean, they look they right. look good. I'm not. It's bad to say. It's like cussing, but I'm not a bottomland fan. So I was sure. like, I'm not. I'm not gonna own a pair. But my one beef with them was the neoprene shoulder straps. Yeah, that gets in the way of my gun any and every time. Why did why did they do that? Did they get in your way? Mm-mm. No, I mean, it's just me. Well, being here, short. Now, here's the thing: a lot of people. <laughs> I wear my waders differently. You know, I've watched Max. He'll, he he won't even put the straps on. He just puts the belt on. It's an elastic oh, yeah? belt, and that belt's awesome. I mean, it holds everything up. You can tuck your you can tuck them in, but see the kind of way we hunt, like you talk about hunting public ground, the way I'm used to hunting public ground. If I don't have them waders pulled all the way to the top. I'm going to get wet because you go hunting in the bottoms or in, on public ground somewhere, you never know when you're going to step in that stump hole. That's so exactly that's no right. Why. So if you wear waist waders, that's going to be 10 times worse than, than you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just soon have mine pulled up all the time. But yeah. I always wear my jacket over my waiter straps. Okay. 
Okay. No. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I never have an issue because typically duck season, it's going to be pretty chilly in the mornings. Yeah. And I wear, you know, this year I went back to wearing my, my old, old school. I seen the pictures of it. <laughs> yeah. I went back to wearing my old school jacket, my four and, and one. And that was, that's in that you know, Columbia, uh, the mossy oak breakup. Yes. And that's, that's one of my favorite camos, that's honestly. I, I, I love that. Yeah. See, I, I still have my old four and one. Yeah tree bark my grandpa has his hey not now, to call you old oh well come on now <laughs> and jab in there bam hit him right in the nose his eyes are watering. you're far enough away from him, you can't get to me right now <laughs> but i still have that tree bark and yeah I mean, you know what i i was one of the guys on them columbias when they come out with the shell slips mm-hmm. on the front of the jackets that's the one i was wearing this year it's got the shell i remember those here's the thing several years ago I bought like seven of them from Fort Thompson. It was just, they weren't all for me, but one of them was for my father-in-law. Right. And I asked my father-in-law this year because mine's got my pockets tore on mine, but I started wearing it early, and I started asking my father-in-law. I said, hey, what do you ever do with that Columbia 4 and one He said, something attic. I said, you never wear it. And he said, it's going to have to be extremely dang cold for me to wear that thing. He said, you want it? And I said, I'll buy it from you. I said, crap, I'll give you two, three hundred bucks for it. Dang. And uh, he said, I ain't going to sell it to you. And I said, oh, then don't worry about it. Well, he came to the house and he ended up throwing it at me. He said, here, keep it. <laughs> so he's a brand new 401 yeah. Columbia. You know? Yeah. So I started wearing that this year. That's awesome. It still had the 20 gauge shell clips in the bottom of them pouches, if that tells you anything. Yeah. Nice. Do you shoot a 20 gauge? No. Oh, okay. I'm, 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 I will this next year. Yeah, I think uh, it's a possibility at Straight Lake that it's just going to be a requirement. A requirement. 20, 20 I, age. I mean, we Tyler and I yeah. both shot 20s every day except for when we went goose hunting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love a 20. Yeah, I've shot a 20 for the past couple of years, pretty much all season. And I want. I want. I really. I mean, I can. I can. I guess I can say I want a Beretta. Tell me about the Berettas because I don't have any experience with them. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, well. but some of the guys I hunt with over there, you yeah. know, that's what they're shooting. Okay, and uh, you know, they're they're nice guns. Yeah, uh, they really are. Okay, I mean, I, I, Beretta owns Benelli, correct? Mm, Is that not correct? I don't think so. Okay, no, I thought I, I thought so. I heard that. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be 100 percent off, but I thought they, I thought they were. Uh, Is Beretta? An Italian-made gun? Am I off on that one, too? I think so. I think they are, yeah. yeah. Okay. All those nice guns made over there. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a Benelli shooter. I love yeah. the Benelli guns. But I think well, Beretta I'm shooting Super Vinci. Yeah, okay. 12-gauge. Yeah. I was shooting 12-gauge Super Vinci. Yeah. I've never really thought about hunting with a 20-gauge. Uh, I've always hunted with a 12. My, my daughter's, you know, the only 20-gauges I actually have – is a single shot twenty gauge my father in law gave me for the girls to use, okay. and then uh, the two youth models. I've got an eight seventy, and then I got a Winchester youth model twenty gauge. Nice, but that's the only two twenty gauges I actually have. Okay, okay, or three actually now. So, do, do y'all have certain shells that y'all are sponsored by over there at Straight Lake? Not in particular. Not in particular. Okay. Um, what, what did you shoot this year? Uh, Apex. Apex. Mm-hmm. Apex, you like Apex is one of the Echo sponsors. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Did you shoot the steel or do you shoot the fancy stuff? Let's see. They sent us the steel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about the the blend. Yeah, mm-hmm. the blend or the. I shot the blend. Uh, Ed Wall actually gave me some blend. Yeah. Not this past year, but the year before. Them dudes are bad to the bone. <laughs> it's dirty, isn't it? Man, them dudes are bad <laughs> to the bone. Them blends or something else. Yeah. I mean, I've. I don't, I don't remember what the blend is with that, but one of the guys in in Dewitt. Uh, he lo- he reloads shells and he does all TSS yeah. pellets. <laughs> he handed us <laughs> some twenty gauge, and it was it was something stupid. It was like one and three eighths ounce number sevens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you held it in your hand next to a boss shell, which a boss shell compared to a steel shot shell, you can tell the difference in the weight. Right. And then you held that TSS next to the boss, and the boss felt lighter than the steel. It was incredible yep. the weight that that TSS shell had. And I'm talking about when you shot one, it did not need to be close. Right. Because it would just rip it to pieces. I'll tell you, I shot boss shells some, too. I, I, well, I'm, I, I like them, 
but I don't like the fives like everybody else does. Tyler does. Tyler likes the my fives. gun yeah. shoots the fives really yeah. well. So hey, you know, and that's the thing. It's it's what your gun likes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like I think every company should come out with you say, hey, I want to I want a duck hunt with the twenty gauge, and they should say, okay, here's a box, and it's got three of every size yeah. of the, for that twenty gauge, so you can. And just that be like kind of your, fit, that's your of, tester pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can shoot it through there and see what your gun likes. Because me and Forrest both bought cases of the fives. My gun loves the fives. Right. He bought a case of the threes. His gun loves the threes. Yep. So, do y'all do y'all both shoot the same choke? Uh, I shoot a Rob Roberts T two. So yeah, what are you shooting? You shooting a factory? I, right? I have not shot a Rob Roberts in my twenty gauge yet. My my twelve gauge, I shoot a Rob Roberts T two. Yeah. Uh, but in my my 20, I'm still on the factory chokes because everybody rants and raves about just use the factory chokes. And yep. so far, I like the modified choke tube with the number three boss. That's a great combination for me. From what it sounds like, you might ought to think about putting that T2 in there. I should. I should. And I, I still need to get the that's, forcing that, cones. That's probably that. why that shell works better for him than it does me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rob Roberts choke tube. There's our sponsor, too. How about yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. I like a Rob. But uh, yeah, they. Uh, I shoot the T2 and T3s. Yeah, I, I really, I really like them. Yeah. Uh, and out of my twelve gauge, I shot uh, the end of season. I bought a box of Migra and shot a box of Migra out of it, and I was like, I, "Man, I like that's Migra. impressive." It it did well out of really? my gun too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, another company that I saw kind of out there at Straight Lake a lot was Dive Bomb. Mm-hmm. Do y'all use their decoys? Mm-hmm. We do. What What did you think of them? Because I've used their duck decoys just a little bit this season, and I really liked them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like them. I mean. I put uh, some pictures out there yeah. on on my outdoors page, and uh, with the sun coming up on that on that hole where that guy's yeah, that, mm-hmm. them ducks fell straight down, <laughs> you know. Uh, and man, them things look good. Yeah, they really do. Um, that it's that's you know they sponsor Max and them up here at Straight Lake. Okay, with, I didn't know that they were a sponsor. I know I'd yeah. seen you know through well, social media you yeah. see who comes out there and who doesn't. Well, they come up there you know with split read. You know, I yeah. Hunted, that was my other thing was how Christina Wing, you know, she, she hunted, takes really good pictures. She too. really does. Uh, really she hunted good pictures. with me a couple of times this year, taking pictures and stuff. You know, uh, her dog Cash hunts with her, uh, a pretty big black lab. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's that dive bomb. You know, it's a good decoy. Yeah, it really is. I, especially for the price. I mean, they're not, I think they're like $125 a dozen or something like that, right. which it's hard to find them cheaper than that for a dozen. And I liked mine. Right. I liked mine. Um, do you have any questions about Straight Lake? Man, no. No. I'm just I'm in awe. Every time I look at I look at their social media or see see what's going on over there, I'm like one <laughs> one day. One day. Okay. I, well, I I have two selfish questions. Okay. Which I mean how many bands did y'all get this year? I think I know of two, but I'm one of those think they killed three. I think they killed three. But here's the interesting thing about the bands. <laughs> They were banded at Straight Lake last year. Oh, I didn't know that y'all really? did any banding. Okay. They banded this year, too. This year? Yeah. I, I had to leave and go to work. We, we, the first band we killed this year, we were hunting the road hoe, and um, we had Rusty Butcher with us, and uh, he's one of the members, and he was hunting to the tree to my right. And this morning, I actually messed my gun up, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this thank thank goodness we hadn't shot yet <laughs> when this happened, but um, we had a group set up just perfect, come straight into us, and I mean they were coming right in the 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 member's face. I'm talking about right in his face, right at him. That's why we had him set up, and uh, I turned around. And I ended up killing. I shot two that come my way. I typically don't shoot unless they separate out and people have already shot. Mm-hmm. I ended up knocking down two greenheads, and I go over and pick them up. When I turned around, Mike standing in front of the road looking at me smiling, holding up a band. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, I didn't even shoot that way. <laughs> I did that. But uh, he said, man, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to cry if this come from Straight Lake last year. Yeah. So we get back. Well, of course, I have to hurry, get dressed, and go to work. Mm-hmm. When I come back, I found out that the the it was banded at Straight Lake. Yeah, last year. Wow! And they said Max did a cartwheel. <laughs> he was excited. <laughs> that, so what they had done is they took that band off that duck and they put it on a mounted duck in the lodge. Nice. Uh, I think the next week uh, another 
I don't, it wasn't a member, it was a member's guest or something. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there that time, and they killed another band. And I'll be danged if it wasn't banded at Straight Lake the year before as well. Wow. So that man donated that band to Max to put on one of his mounts in the lodge. Nice. That's pretty so, cool. And I think they killed one more one of the days I wasn't there as well. Were all three of those kind of in the same time frame? They were within two or three two or three weeks apart. That's kind of interesting, That's too. really cool. You know, I mean, I think uh, I was talking to Jay. They, they, I'm losing the count number here. I think they banded 1,525 this year at Straight Lake. Wow. Okay. That was fixed to be my next question, yeah. if, they band, if they did another band there this year. Yeah. Yeah. They did it at White Oaks, and they've done one there at Straight Lake. So, that's Oswald? Yeah. It, that comes out there? Yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. That, that would be, it would be cool to be a part of that. Just watch that be done. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had it. I mean, I could have went up there and done all that. But of course, I was, duck season's over and I'm trying to get stuff yeah. rearranged at the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. My next question, which is selfish too. Did y'all kill any black ducks this year? Not that I know. Not I don't, that you I, know don't, of? I don't remember in the book. I don't remember seeing any black ducks written down. Okay. I, I was. I would have been. I don't remember to. seeing a picture of one. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we didn't. Yeah. Have y'all killed one out there? If they if they have done that, it was before I got there two years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. And I would have to say they probably have. Yeah, I would figure that they have. Y'all kill a lot of birds, and I yeah. mean you're in a hot a good area for right. you know a black duck. But right. that's that's my trophy bird. Bands are a trophy bird for me. So I was sure. just curious how many y'all did. You know, live vicariously through y'all for a minute. <laughs> you know, that's one duck that I've never killed is a black duck. Really? Now, I've been on the hunt uh-huh. where one's been killed. Really? Mm-hmm. But I've never killed a black duck. Jonathan's story about him killing his first black duck is, is a really good one. Yeah. Because it was on, a I think, a filmed hunt with Echo, and he right. said he'd been on a few of them with y'all or whatever, and one came in early. And he said, normally, you know, you don't shoot before Freddie says to shoot. But he said, I knew it was a black duck, and every time I've killed one, I've never gotten it. So he said, I shot that one early. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he said it's that black duck that's in the shop or whatever. Yeah, so it's, on, it's, it's sitting on top of his, uh, yeah, yeah. his gun case, or gun mean, cabinet. That's, that's my trophy bird. And honestly, if I don't kill one in the next five to ten years, or as, as long as I'm still alive and gas prices are you know, below $10, my oldest, I'm going to go somewhere to get one. My oldest daughter is 24. And Rusty let me come over there and take her when she was 12 and do the youth hunt. Oh, wow. Uh, kind of like what we do at Straight Lake, and I didn't understand a lot of it at the time, but, you know, during the youth hunt, I think we had the sky turn black, <laughs> and they started falling in, and Rusty wasn't calling the shot. I'm going to be honest with you. I was getting frustrated. I was going, man, I brought my kid all the way over here. He ain't going to let her shoot. Hey, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, pretty bluebird sky, sun shining, and this is no kidding. I look up. Tyler Merritt looks up. Rusty looks up. We all look up, and these ducks start flying, and then two ducks flew straight across the hole. Not falling in, just flew straight across. It was very obvious it was two black ducks. Yeah. It was unbelievable the color difference between the really? birds that were falling in. And they never come in. They just flew straight across the top of the hole. And Rusty went, they were black ducks. And that's about, it was coming out of my mouth. Did you see them two black ducks, you know? And, of course, that's when my daughter was me. She goes, Dad, that's the most ducks I've ever seen in my entire life. And they were all <laughs> landing right in front of the blind. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was like, how come we're not shooting? Yeah. Oh, I would have totally ruined it. Of course, it. like I said, she's tw- seen them black ducks. She's 24 now, but even at that time, when I took her out of the blind and she was shooting out there, she Rick was sitting next to me and she goes, Dad, we just got through shooting. She goes, Dad. I said, Yeah. I think I killed two hens. <laughs> she's talking about the whole hunt. She goes, yeah. I'm sorry. I said, ain't no sense apologizing. <laughs> Rick started laughing. He said, sweetheart, you killed two ducks. I'm proud for you. <laughs> she's 12 years old. She said, I think I killed two heads. I'm sorry. <laughs> she probably seen enough Timber Heat videos of y'all uh, giving Rick crap about oh, it. So. Man, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Rick got tickled. He, he was like, honey, that's okay. It's, it's all right. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love that. Uh one thing I do want to talk about, unless you have something else you want well, to talk about. I was going to ask, did y'all kill anything over there, like unique, any hybrid or anything this year that you know about? I think there was, there might have been one killed over there. It was kind of a mix of a pintail and a greenhead. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen them before. Yeah. Uh, 
that's all I can think of just out of the blue, you know, yeah. off the top of my head. There might have been something like that. There actually was one. It was killed on one of our hunts. I want to say it was a mix between a widgeon and something else, and I'm trying to remember what it was because we were we were kind of debating on what it was. Like, what is that, Doug? And I'm like, <laughs> looks like, kind of like a widgeon, but it but it looks like some, I mean, it was like something yeah. else. You have to go back to the pictures yeah. and look for that one. Yeah. Huh. So, but that was probably the the wildest one. We just couldn't. And I think we ended up deciding it was a widgeon that hadn't even really matured. Right. Okay. But it was okay. it was crazy looking. I mean, it, you could see the characteristics, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the birds that were banded that y'all did with Oswald or whoever, is that primarily mallards, or did y'all get other, other uh, birds in there too? From the pictures that I saw that they were doing this year, uh, I want to say they did band some widgeons this okay. year, I, th- I think. uh I think they actually had a mix of a drake and a pintail that they banded this oh, year. Oh, cool! That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they did, but they, you know, they whatever they get called in that trap. Yeah, yeah. Is what they bring back to lodge and band and stuff like that. So okay, all right. Well, cool. Um, I do want to talk about calling contests okay. a little bit. I want to talk about worlds. Um, it was a heartbreaker. Honestly, I mean, it, it was a heartbreaker because, yeah. uh. Going into the third round, anybody that hasn't listened to the podcast that we've already talked about <clears throat> worlds, I talked pretty in depth about it. Um, but anyhow, going into the third round, Jonathan has a four point lead. I think he's tied with Steiny, right? And they both have a four point lead. That's right. And so I, I'm pumped up about it because you know we've had Jonathan on the podcast. We like Jonathan; he's a friend. And I think Steiny blew before Jonathan did in the yeah. routine. Now, maybe not right before Jonathan, but Couple he blew before. You know, and. Steiny was blowing very clean, mm-hmm. and the call just stopped. That's like, right. It just stopped. I mean, I almost fell forward because I was, like, waiting for something to happen, and then he just quacked like it was at the very end. Yep. It was the end of his feed call. <laughs> the call just stopped, and he goes, quack. That's right. <laughs> went into his quacks, and I was like, oh, my gosh. The door just got wide open, you know, That's right. and I was like, okay, it's it's Jonathan's to win or lose. You know, that, that was my thought process. I have not been at as many world contests as you have. I've not watched near as many as you in person. But that's how I felt. And then Jonathan got up there, and I thought he blew 100% clean. Right. So in my book, I was like, he got it. He got his first win. And I think I was around you or talking to you either (laughs) right after he did or right after and they were scoring everything. And I was like, Jonathan's got it, right? I think Jonathan's Jonathan's got to win. And you looked at me, and you kind of gave me this look, and you said – I've seen crazier things happen. That's right. And I, I was kind of like, in, in my head, I was like, oh, come on, David. You're just being pessimistic. He's got this one. You know, I I thought he had it. Yeah. And then they called, you know, the winners, <laughs> and Steiny got uh, third runner-up. Domingo, I think that's what it went. Domingo might have got third runner-up. Steiny might have got second runner-up. And then it was down to Hayden Richard and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was actually behind Jonathan's family, and I was filming it because I was like, I want to get this moment too. And then they announced Jonathan for second place. And I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. Now, granted, I didn't listen to Hayden when he was up there. I have recently gone back and listened to it, and he did kill his third round. It was solid. Right. Now, I'm not going to say one way or the other whether it was four points more solid than what Jonathan did. And Jonathan said that he had a mistake, and I went back and listened to his. I mean, if it was a mistake, it was very fine. I wasn't a judge, so I don't know. What was going through your mind during all of that? Don't count your chickens before they hatch. <laughs> I did. Yeah, that's <laughs> in life in general. But, mm-hmm. but you you know, you just, uh, you never know. Right. That's that's the whole thing. You, you never know because you know that third round scores are hidden. Yeah. Yep, third so, round scores are hidden. Which – which it's fun it, it, to me, you know, it's because it keeps everybody on their toes. Yeah. You know, they yeah. don't get to rock back on their balls or feet and say, well, we know who won. Yeah. So I, I, I think one thing that did hurt Jonathan, because he looked so excited right before they, they announced it. And Hayden was on him, like, you know, hugging yeah. him, like talking him up. And I've talked to Hayden since too. I, 
Hayden is a great guy. Great I guy. love Hayden. And Hayden, when he came out, he said, man, I looked, I turned back and looked at the scores. Like they told me to quit looking. But I was like, what are you going to do to me? I mean, yeah, he kept looking. He said, <laughs> you going to DQ me? Or <laughs> yeah. And he said, he said, I told Jonathan he had a four point lead. So he, Jonathan knew before they announced it, that he had a big lead. Yeah. So I'm sure he was sitting up there like, I finally won this contest. And then that happened. Right. <laughs> You've you have gotten second before. Yes. But yours was in a call off and I think you knew that you'd got second because you That's correct. You had the mistake. But what does it feel like uh, to get second? Uh, let, let me let me go with that. Well, I say don't count your chickens for the hatch. Okay. I knew I'd messed up yeah. in that last round of the third the third round of the call off. I knew that. I knew I bobbled my transition. So did Brad. So when it came down to me and Brad in the contest, I reached over and grabbed Brad's arm and went to lift it up as a champion. And he jerked his arm away from me because he knew right then yeah. you don't count your chickens for the hats. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you, yeah, yeah. he didn't say that to yeah. me. And he goes, oh, dude, you know better. You never know because and, and, you yeah. don't. Right. So, I mean, you know, finishing second is tough. Uh, you know, in your ultimate goal when you first start this is you want to qualify for the world. Yeah. Period. You know, when you qualify for the world, you want to make the second round in the world. Mm-hmm. When you make the second round now, now you're talking about finishing the top 10, 11. Yeah. You've done something. But, you know, when you start finishing the top 10, two, three years, now your ultimate goal, because anybody in that top five, no matter what the scores are going into the third round, could win that contest. Yeah. Anybody. No matter how high a score you got going or lead you got going into that third round, you can't you can't rely on that at all. Yeah. So I, I definitely learned that this year by watching that contest. Well, the look on your face when I told you that, yeah, was priceless because you, it's <laughs> like you didn't believe me. I didn't. I didn't. I was like, oh, whatever, dude. He's got a four point lead. He blew clean. There's no way. You know, and I felt bad for him. Oh but, man, you know, Hayden, it hurt. Hayden blew solid. He really did. Yeah. You know, Jonathan blew solid in my mind. I mean, yeah. I've listened to Jonathan enough to know. So, I mean, you just don't ever know what you're going to, you know, what happens. Yeah. You know, because there's five judges there and only three of them count. Right. Right. I, I mean, poor Jonathan, because he's, I think when I went over the stats of his, his is similar to yours. It's like, yeah, half the time or more than half the time that y'all qualify for Worlds, you're in the top five at the end of the contest. Right. And now this is twice that he's gotten second. The other time was to you. To me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this time to Hayden. And watching him come off the stage, it was it was hard because I was just – my thought was, oh, please don't quit because you're – I gave, him, I so gave close. him a huge hug yeah. when I went up on stage. Yeah. You know, because I've been there. Yeah. And – I mean, it's a tough feeling. Yeah. I, I really think when he does win, it's going to be in a contest that he thinks he's totally out of it. Could be. I think that's going to be the time that he's going to win and right. be like, I didn't even think I should have been in the third round. And he's going to win one of those. Right. You know, when it's your time, it's your time. That's kind of how I That's exactly right. feel about it. But, I mean, he's he's done a lot. You have done a lot. I, I would say that both of y'all – don't have as many as you should have probably i'll be honest with you i feel that way too yeah about you know about me for sure i mean but not to knock the people that no, triumphed over no, you sir. not to knock no. them in any way no yeah no i i mean it's it's time consuming hey it's been an awesome road for me to just even just to win one yeah you know because that's your ultimate goal on the front end of this thing and even after I won that one, you know, I mean, even Rick said, man, you ain't got nothing else to prove. And I said, look here, I'm a competitive soul, man. I'm telling you. You know, when I'm, stand, when I'm sitting out there on that mound in, in college pitching, I wanted to be the freight train that blew a hole through the bat of the guy that tried to hit out of the park on me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just me. And yeah. I said, I've won one. I'm going to win three. Mm-hmm. 
I said, not only am I going to win three, I'm going to win champion champions too. I mean, I try to keep that kind of confidence. I mean, I don't want, I mean, I'm trying to be cocky or nothing like that. But no, that's, that's kind just, of, that's kind of the work ethic I, I put into the duck calling deal, you know. That, that's a, just a competitive nature. That's right. And, I, you know, there are times, I'm sorry, I get too competitive, I guess. I've never thought I was, but <laughs> <laughs> when I was coaching my kids, my wife said, you might want to tone that down just a little bit. <laughs> She said, he's going to toss you out of the game. She used to tell me, don't get tossed out of the game in front of your kids, okay? <laughs> and I said, why? I mean, she used to watch me coach baseball. And, yeah. Uh, I got tossed quite a bit in baseball. But uh, <laughs> Bobby Cox, one of your role models? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for those younger people, go look up who Bobby Cox yeah. is. But he's it, a manager but, for the Braves. But, you know, I mean, that's my competitive nature. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to win three. Yeah. I wanted to win the champion champions. So, but, I mean, it's just, you know. I'm done. I mean, I've been, it's been a long road. It's been a fun road. I've met a yeah. lot of people. I've made a lot of good friendships from coast to coast. Um, I've gotten to go judge contests in Utah, and, you know, guys paid for my trip out there. I, that was an awesome experience. and So it's been a fun trip. Did you judge this year in Utah? No. No, oh, okay. Not. Okay. Well, speaking of champion champions, you yeah. competed in that this year. Yeah. There was five of y'all, I think. Six. Was there six? Yeah, there were six. There were six? Yeah. How did you feel going into that? Did you feel confident about it, or how did you feel? You know, we talked about the Arkansas State earlier. Uh, the only reason I blew in the Arkansas State to get prepared for the champion champions, I hadn't blown a contest all year. <laughs> you hadn't uh, blown in a contest since 2019. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a couple years, I guess. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I wanted to get that off my shoulders, uh, listen to myself, you know. Yeah. Uh, things like that, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you were standing there in the first round of what happened to me in the champion of champions. Uh, I blew behind Jimbo. Yep. Yeah. So you blew. Did he blow? He blew first, didn't he? Mm-hmm, I blew. So second. you blew second. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> two yeah. very different styles. That's correct. On, so, I mean, a cat walked out. That's right. I do you remember the cat. About that, I didn't forgot you? about yeah. the cat. Have you heard this story? No, my I heard goodness. It. So I'm I'm in the middle of my routine and people start laughing. So I'm thinking my pants are unzipped. I'm going, hold on, no, I'm behind this deal here. They can't see me. I'm trying to focus and blow the call. And I just I turned it up a notch where I couldn't hear it. And then the laughing got a little louder. And I'm continuing and I'm I'm pro I, mean, I was in my triple when they started laughing. Yeah. My triple comeback. Which is one of the hardest parts of the routine, which, honestly. Which is, that's my strength, okay? So I get to my transition. I get through it, and the laughs get louder. So I get down to my feed, and I'm blowing my feed call, and the laughs are getting louder. <laughs> and I'm getting to my closeout, and I look down, and here's this stinking cat walking in front of me. And I said, they're not laughing at me. They're laughing at the cat. So I, I blow them out, quack, you know, hack. And I'm fixing to blow my my clothes out, and the cat's sitting right next to my foot. He's right up on stage, right beside me. Well, it had been there, <laughs> and I and for I kind of and I kind of been. I went, I was like, uh oh, what's that cat? Doing? You know. So here's the funny thing: I go in the back, and and the people said, "Man, what are they laughing at?" And I said, "A freaking cat walked up on stage with me." <laughs> It was I not called, a black cat, I, though. It was no, not a black cat. Well, and that's where I'm going. Jimbo said, Jimbo Ronquist said, was it a black cat? <laughs> and I said, no. And he said, let me just tell you, if it was a black cat, I'd walk my ass right out of here right now. <laughs> he said, I'd go home and not come out of the house. <laughs> well, I, I, I completely forgot about that. And yet I, I guarantee you that that probably cost you at least a point or two because the judges had to quit listening to you. Because if they hear the crowd laughing, they're going to be like, "What's what are they laughing at? They're no. not going to be listening to you. They were laughing pretty hard. I mean, I mean for me to hear it over my call. Yeah. I forgot know. about the cat. But, yeah, yeah, the cat was on stage and for it a made pretty cost, good time. I mean, I, I scored a 226 in the first round. I think I, you would have been two points back, I think. I, think I was two Logan points. Logan was 228. No, 229. 229, that's right. Yeah, Logan he blew good in the first round. And he did not in the second yeah. or third. He had mistakes. But uh, beyond that right there, I felt a lot that I blew as strong as I possibly could blow. Yeah. Uh, you know, I even talking with Rick, you know, he said, you know, I'm telling you, you blew strong. You blew, you blew, you, 
you blew you. Yeah. Nothing you could do about it. Yeah. And you get what place did you get? Third runner up. So that's fourth. Yes. Who? Brad. Brad is the person Stein. I'm not thinking about that yeah. I completely forgot. I don't know how I got to thought. I went about from Brad. a 226 in the first round to like a two. What was it? I'm trying to think. In the second round, 255 is two, average, right? Yeah, and I got it like a 253. 53. That's okay. That's kind of what I was yeah, thinking too. Brad, Brad got uh, like a 259. Yeah. Or something like that. So yeah, it was just it just didn't go your way at all. But I do remember you blew clean. Yeah. Every time you got up there, which you you pretty much blew how I always hear you when we practice. Right. And then the cat messed you up. Uh, you know? I would well, say. I mean, you're talking about my closeout kind of went, eh, 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 instead yeah. of like you know my big duck. Mac, 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 right, mac. right. But I mean, typically a judge will have a score written down already. Yeah. You know, unless I really squawk a closeout, and then they'll go back and change it. But I didn't squawk. Right. You know, I didn't do any of that. Yeah. It just didn't – it wasn't my closeout. I, I, were you tired when Champion Champion starts? Because it's after Worlds, and Worlds is just ridiculously a long contest. No, because I didn't show up for Worlds until like the middle of the second round. Well, even then, you had to have been there for an hour and a half before – your contest even started, maybe even two hours. I go back out in the parking lot and sit in my truck. Yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> I'll blow my practice routines, you know, typically. Right. You know, I'll blow a couple before the contest, uh, walk around, sit down again. Huh. So, it didn't, it didn't bother me. So, do you still get nervous and, like, keyed up? Yes. Still, still oh, yeah. even champion champions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's an ultimate goal to win that, you know. Right. Well, there's what – Five years between each one of those? Yeah. Oh, he's totally going to do the next one because I'm going to talk him into it. I'm out. I'm going to talk him into it. I've already told him I'm retired. Well, we're going to have a fishing <laughs> tournament, and we're going to say whoever wins gets to determine whether you're in champion of champions or not. I'm in. <laughs> we're in my boat where I want to go. <laughs> no, 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 no. We can fish your boat, but we're going to my lake. <laughs> you ever been front-ended? <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, that's a good story. That's a, that's a really good story. I was fishing with my buddy Matt, and I'm going to say their names. Matt Hedrick and his dad, Mark Hedrick. <laughs> <laughs> who him him and Trey Reed do uh on the buzz they have yeah. a, they have a radio show. Right. Mark is a great guy. Let me tell you what, if you want to go crappie fishing, yeah. Mark is outstanding. I, he he knows where to fish for crappie. I am terrible at it. So anyhow, Matt and I, we played college golf together and he was like, Hey, you want to go crappie fishing? Sure, I'm not any good at it. So we go out on Lake Maumel and it's freezing cold. It's like <laughs> mid thirties. Right. And we run down the lake and I'm already freezing. And his dad puts out these two buoys. And there's one in the front of the boat, and there's one in the back of the boat. And he's like, you throw it the one in the back, we're going to fish the one in the front. I'm like, okay. Well, I'm throwing it the one in the back, and I've caught like half a dozen, like every cast. Like, right. This is the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm, this is awesome, catching yeah. all these fish. And I catch one, and like he, he has it deep in his throat or whatever, so it takes me a minute to get this one undone. And I get it undone, and I stand up, and I look out, and I'm like, where'd the buoy go? <laughs> <laughs> they spun the boat on you. No, they didn't spin the boat. They just let the wind push it back to where they had both buoys in front of Oh, my God. <laughs> I had nothing in the back. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yep. <laughs> but, no, they're, they're outstanding people. But, yep. yes, they, they are professional front-enders. Right. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. But you brought up baseball. I want we're, – we're – Running a little short on time, okay. but you did bring up baseball, and you have an outstanding story that we did not get to the last time that you were here. Okay, so to preface this a little bit, I don't know if anybody out there knows this guy named Mookie Betts. He's kind of like a good baseball player or something. Something you know? like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Two world championships and, you know, yeah. MVP. MVP. And, you, know, you know, a bunch of other <clears throat> crowns to his head. But uh, he gave a lot of credit to – I guess his rise or his MVP season to something. That's right. And it was his this necklace. Right. Okay, this baseball necklace. Yeah. And I can't remember where he got that from. Do you know where he got it from? I do. From <laughs> Tell my, us a little bit about from it. From my shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting is uh, in the business I'm in with sales and with Echo Calls, um, 
I met a gentleman named Matt Cantrell, and he was one of the managers at a Gander Mountain in Paducah, Kentucky. And his son Griffin is a he loves baseball, and him and Matt uh, would go to spring training. So Matt found out that I made these baseball bat necklaces, and I've got a guy that turns the bats out for me, and I put a lanyard groove in it, and I tie them up like our old duck call necklaces were. But I those were put, a hot item when those came out too. Oh yeah. The, the duck call necklaces were awesome. So, doing the duck call necklaces, I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if we can't make out of the old uh, other acrylic that, you know, what we call cutoffs. Right. Try mm-hmm. to make some b- baseball bats and then just put a groove in it and just tie a necklace. So, I started doing that. So, I started explaining this to Matt Cantrell. Well, he called me up a few years back and he goes, you still making them baseball bat necklaces? I used to carry them out to the softball fields with me and I, I do them with softballs and baseballs. And, I, you know, I'd, I wouldn't sell a ton, but I'd sell some. I said, yeah. He said, well, look, me and Griffin's going down to spring training this year. He said, I want to buy 10 of them from you. I said, okay. Uh, let me get them made up, and, you know, I'll, I'll get them to you. So he takes them down there. And he's got video of Griffin. I want to say Griffin was 11, 10 or 11, 12 years old, something like that. Yeah. And Griffin would call, holler at a while they were at batting practice. He would holler at one of the, <laughs> the ball players, and they would come over there to the fence, and he'd give them one of these necklaces. When return, they were giving him a bat. Oh dang! You know, and I'm like, <laughs> this is what he's so, doing. So Matt's got this on video. <laughs> so he ended up giving one of these baseball ne- necklace bats, a bat necklaces to Mookie Betts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The year that they won the World Series and they got the MVP. Wow. With the Red Sox, right? Yes. Yeah. And he's got – I mean, if you can go back and look at all the videos of Mookie running the bases, sliding, the still pictures they get of him sliding in, the bat's up in front of his yep. face. Yep. The necklace is up uh-huh. in front of his face while he's sliding, you know. Or when he's swinging the bat or he's hit he's hit a home run and on his, on his follow-through of a swing, the bat's flipped out, the necklace – Part of the bat necklace is uh-huh. flipped out, out in front of him. And these pitchers are still pitchers. Yeah. In full motion type deals. And there's my bat. There's my bat. You know, I'm like, holy <laughs> smoke. So they actually did a – he really said that Griffin Cantrell, yeah. you know, this was my good luck charm. This mm-hmm. year. Right. I was so, about to say, you can Google Mookie oh, yeah. Betts necklace, and it pops up a lot of stuff about yeah. it. So it's my it's my necklace, yeah. That I've that I've made, yeah. You know, um, so it's kind of interesting. But he's not the only one. There's other major league baseball players that actually got them now. That Cantrell son has yeah. given to these guys. <laughs> you know, and, and little Griffin, he's a great kid. He's he's actually got a box that he folds these necklaces up just perfectly round, yeah. With the bat sitting there with the baseballs hanging there on top of them. And it's an open and close glass case box. This kid's going places. Hey, I guarantee you he is. <laughs> so, you know, Cantrell, he's a – Matt's going, man, you got any more of them necklaces? You know, because he, he goes down to spring training every year. Yeah. And I do. I've got some. I mean, I actually started making them out of boat arc. Oh, nice. So that's – that's I've got a necklace here, but that's what that is. That's boat arc that I've got dipped, sanded and dipped. I mean, that myself. looks like a bat. Yeah. Like a major so, league baseball that's bat. That's right. So, but you can tell what I've got right there. That's that's blue pearl. Yeah, and you can see the little lanyard group I had Terry cut in the center of it, where I can tie the necklace around it. That's pretty cool. I mean, these are really cool. We'll definitely take a picture of these so yeah, everybody yeah. can see these. And these I mean, are I've got, awesome. I mean, you can tell all the colors I get Jerry to turn out for me. I mean, I've got lime green, all the echo call colors. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know? But um, but it's it's been pretty cool. Uh, you know, they actually did a deal one night when Mookie and them were fixing to play, and they say he gives credit to this little Griffin Cantrell, you know, that gave him yeah. that first bat necklace. I mean, he auctioned that first bat necklace off. I believe it was a red one. And he auctioned that dude off. I don't know what he got for it, but he donated <laughs> all the money to a charity or something like that because mm-hmm. Griffin and them sent him a new necklace every year. And now that he's with the Dodgers – you know, of course, we got him blue, and yeah. I got him a white one. I gave him – actually, I got him a uh, a dark wood one, yeah. a boat arc with his number engraved on it. Nice. You know, stuff like that. That's when he was with the Red Sox. Yeah. So, but he's got different – I think he's got a different number now. Uh, I think he, he was number 50 when he was with Boston, 
and uh, so it's been pretty it's been pretty cool with this stuff <laughs> i couldn't believe like we we had recorded the last time and then we <laughs> the next night i went to the call and night you start you told me about that and i was so upset i was no, like man was we like, should have talked about this on the yeah. podcast but um, i mean it's yeah like I said, other major league players have done this, you know, or has actually Griffin's traded stuff off for them or given yep. it to them. And, um, it's been, it's been pretty cool, but, uh, you know, Cantrell's actually started this stuff for me. I was just doing this on the side, just to have yep. some extra money while I was at the ballpark. I might as well sell something. I mean, I had a lady <laughs> tell me one time, well, if that was a duck call necklace, I'd have bought it, but that's a baseball bat. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's kind of funny because I work for Echo Duck Calls and we sell them necklaces. So yeah. If you want yeah. one, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Got those too. Yeah. Pull them out of the other pocket. I, thought, you mean I, really, I really thought about going back and, and starting making them duck call necklaces too myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. They don't make those anymore, do they? Mm. Mm. And they would put the little bands on them and mm-hmm. everything else too. Yeah, yeah. I've got the, I don't think I have them with me, but I've got some bands that I've. Yeah, I'd, I'd for sure go back to buying them because I bought them back then. So that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Well, David, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, all the great stories, talking a lot about, you know, worlds and yeah. champion of champions and everything going on over there at Straight Lake. Really appreciate that a whole lot. Uh, thank you all for having me. It's been fun. Again. Again, we will do it again. Oh, I'm no sure. Doubt. I'll have some more stories I'll think of. <laughs> oh, tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> You'll tell us the good stuff tomorrow. That's right. right. Like the bat necklace. <laughs> <laughs> well, all y'all go out there and make sure you check out Maker's Call Company, and we'll talk to y'all next time. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>